Hi, friends, and welcome to Art Lab, the podcast for folks who want to make art but struggle to maintain a regular creative practice. So have you ever had an idea for something you want to make, gone and gotten all the materials required for the making, paint, pencils, instruments, whatever, and you mark your calendar for when you know you're going to have a nice, big, juicy, uninterrupted block of free time where you can just sit down and make that thing. Then the week ticks by and the day itself is suddenly here and you're filled with anticipation and excitement as you stride confidently to your creative setup, sit down to get to work, and then you just don't. Maybe something catches your eye in the other room, some laundry you needed to put away, or you go to get a snack and then you get distracted by something you see on your phone. Whatever it is, is something pulls you away and the creative work goes untouched. Then days go by and late at night you find yourself wondering, why? Why does this happen? If I want to make art so badly, why am I not doing it? And eventually, if this pattern happens over and over again, maybe you'll start thinking, hey, there must be something wrong with me. I say I want to do this. Why can't I get it done? Now, My instinct is that everyone experiences versions of this feeling, this sense of disconnect between the deep desire to do something and then the reality of not doing that thing. That's probably a pretty universal human tendency, whether you're pursuing creativity or not. I think we all have those barriers, those creative roadblocks that emerge again and again in the middle of the path that we're attempting to travel. And I think for some of us, especially folks who are on the more sensitive, overthinking side, when these barriers come up as we're attempting to make creative work, we can get really stuck. And if you experience it the way that I do, it can almost feel like this shameful secret because you look around and you see other people making creative work, seeming to confidently roll right through those roadblocks. And it's tough to not, you know, internally measure yourself against that. Other people are able to get right through their roadblocks. Why can't I? But the reality is that for some of us, those roadblocks are just not easy to get through. If they were, you would already have done it. So if you're experiencing this dynamic right now, this desire to make creative work and then repeatedly not doing it, if you're feeling stuck and the approaches you've been trying are not working, today we're going to chat about a different approach for tackling your roadblocks. First, we'll try to understand what really gets in the way of creativity for you, what your unique recurring roadblocks are, and then just as importantly, we'll unpack some concrete practical tools that you can experiment with for building detours around even your biggest, stickiest roadblocks. Okay. Let's get into it. We're going to unpack three broad forms that recurring roadblocks can take, three kinds of stuck places that a lot of creative folks get caught in. But before we do, I have to give a little disclaimer, and I will keep this short, I promise. We're going to talk about art and creativity and feelings today, and those are some complex, multifaceted, subjective topics. And while I am a professional artist, this really only qualifies me to talk about my own life and experience, not to give a prescription or a step-by-step or a silver bullet that will work universally in anyone else's life. I'm just sharing some of my own practices and things that have helped me in the hope that some part of them might help one of you. So please, please hold everything I say lightly. And if something doesn't resonate for you, that's fine. Just let it go. You are ultimately the only one who can observe and understand how your own creative process works. I'm just offering some tools, some practices that you can experiment with, and if they resonate, hopefully make your own. Always, always take what works and just leave the rest. Okay, here we go. For real this time. (laughs) 
The first stuck place I'm calling the skill roadblock. So if you're stuck at skill, you might have an amazing idea that you're just over the moon about. It's exactly what you want to make. No, it's, it's exactly what you need to make. You have all the stuff you need and the time required to do the making. All the pieces are in place. But every time you try to actually get started, you find that you don't know where to begin. Or maybe you do manage to get started, but whenever you step back and look at what you've made, it's nothing like what you had in your mind and you feel instantly deflated and frustrated. To me, this roadblock and being stuck at it really reminds me of being a kid, of just having all this burning energy and excitement and desire to do and experience everything and then repeatedly being faced with the reality that you don't have the skills for any of it. I have a six-year-old at home who is really getting into drawing and painting. For the longest time, she was not into it and would get bored within a few minutes, which was totally fine. But recently, she's been spending longer and longer on her drawings and really losing herself in the process, which is so cool to see. But along with that, She's also started to have some really clear ideas about how she wants her work, work to look. And she gets so frustrated when it doesn't hit that outcome she's looking for. Recently, she asked me to teach her how to draw a rose. And she even came to me with this really specific reference, which was a super realistic kind of wide open rose with tons of petals. And I showed her some basic steps to do a simplified version of the rose. But before I could even finish my little tutorial, she was off driving at that roadblock at top speed, speeding past the simplified version I had shown her, aiming squarely at the ideal, totally unaware of the roadblock she was about to smash into. And I'm sure we can all guess how that story ends, whether you have kids or not, because that feeling, that desire to just make what you want to make, to have the skills, to just be able to do it the way that you want to is so powerful. And then the cognitive dissonance you experience when the skill and idea don't match is just so miserable that pure willpower alone is sometimes not enough to get past it. And if that pure willpower approach doesn't work, if driving at the ideal at the roadblock at top speeds leads to a crash, it's so easy to blame it on yourself, on your lack of talent or focus or grit or whatever, which often ends up to giving up in exasperation, whether you're a kid or an adult. And the more times you do this, the more times you give up, the more stuck you can become. So how do we build a detour around this roadblock? I'm going to tell you right up front here that we are going to use the same two basic tools for building detours around all three of the roadblocks we'll talk about today. They'll take different forms in each of the roadblocks, but the basic idea is the same, make it easier and do it more. So for the skill roadblock, we're going to make it easier by modifying your creative practice to a point where you are okay being bad at it. We're going to lower the bar on the skill required and then do that creative practice more often to build the technical skill up. So unpacking the first part, what I'm getting at here is that it's easier to be okay with the experience of being a beginner or a non-expert if you aren't super attached to a specific outcome. So thinking back to little kids again, something both of my daughters love to do is dance, especially the three-year-old. Now, are they good at it? I'm their mom, so I think so, but technically, no. They have no real training or specific skills. They're just vibing. But do they care? No, they love it. And part of why they love it is that they are just fully engaged in that experience, detached from any kind of specific outcome. 
And if you can get to a place similar to that in your creative practice, where you're okay being bad at a version of the thing you're trying to do, or better yet, where you don't even notice or experience yourself as being bad at it, which I think is probably how my daughters experience themselves with dancing. I don't think they're, you know, in the kitchen rocking out thinking like, oh, well, you know, too bad we're really bad at this, but at least we're having fun. No, I, I don't think they evaluation even comes into it at all. I think they're just really in that practice. And if you can get to some place similar to that, you will probably find that it's a lot easier to get yourself to do it. And that's the second half of the creative detour around the skill roadblock, doing the modified version of your creative practice much more often. Now, a lot of us have this expectation that if we could just put our shoulder to the grindstone, if we could just buckle down and force ourselves to do the second thing, to practice more often, we would just get right past the roadblock. And that is probably true if it worked that way, if willing yourself to practice more actually made you practice more. And that's what you need to ask yourself right now. Is this the approach you've been trying? Have you been trying to drive over that roadblock monster truck style? And if so, is it working? If yes, great. What are you doing here? <laughs> and if no, you might want to consider the possibility that before you can do the thing more, you have to make the thing easier. You have to lower the skill bar. And lowering the skill bar, making both the creative practice itself more accessible and the outcomes easier to detach from will make it a lot more comfortable to engage in that practice more often. And engaging in that practice more often will build skill, which will eventually get you around the skill roadblock. So if you're at this roadblock right now, step back for a moment and ask yourself, what version of my creative practice could I do that I wouldn't mind being bad at, or at least that I wouldn't need to execute perfectly? Now, the answer to this is really going to vary from person to person, depending on your starting point, your goal, your ability to tune out your inner critic, all of that. Basically, you are looking for a simpler, more approachable version of the skill that you ultimately want to acquire. You're lowering the skill bar. Now, the length and severity of your stuckness, or rather the size of the roadblock that you're behind right now, should give you a good clue as to how much you need to lower the bar. So the bigger the roadblock, the longer you've been stuck, the more that skill bar needs to come down. And if you have truly been stuck at the skill roadblock for a long time, months or even years, it really does not matter what you do initially, as long as you do something. Then once you've got some momentum, even if it's only a little bit, doing whatever that thing is, make the skill a tiny bit harder. Move it a little closer to where you ultimately want to go. Doing that over and over again will eventually get you around that roadblock and build up the actual creative skills that you're longing for. The next roadblock I'm calling identity. And if the last roadblock was all about technical skill, this roadblock is all about the content of your concept, the meaning of what you say with your art and how you say it. So if you're stuck here, you're probably spending a lot of time wondering whether your idea is any good or not, second guessing your creativity, originality, feeling, you know, really inspired to make something at the idea phase, but then filled with doubt about the authenticity of your creative style when it actually comes time to execute. You might be saying, sure, I've got the skills to make X, Y, or Z, but is it really me? Is it really what I want to say? Does it matter? And how do I know? Of the three, this roadblock is the one that seems the most like adolescence to me. It has that feeling of tension and pressure to figure out who you are and what you're meant to do with your life, how you're unique, but also where you fit in and connect. 
For whatever reason, this tends to be the roadblock that I come back to again and again. It takes different forms and sometimes it surprises me, but overall this roadblock is like an old friend because I have spent so much time with her. So this is definitely not just a beginner's problem. And on that note, this is a good time to mention that even though we're going to go through these in a sequence, they don't necessarily happen that way in real life. I think we all probably experience versions of them at different points and in no particular order. So you really have to discern and observe how you're actually getting stuck, the types of hangups that are getting in the way for you right now. You can't just say, you know, oh, I've been doing this for a little while, but I'm not super established. So, you know, I must be somewhere on like the middle roadblock. No, that's not how it works. As I just said, this roadblock identity or adolescence is the one that I face over and over again. And I've been doing this for a long time. Okay. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, the creative detour around this roadblock is similar to the one that we used around the skill roadblock. The first step is to lower the bar, but instead of lowering the skill bar, you're lowering the concept bar. Now we'll talk more about what that means in a minute, but the second step is then to engage in the practice more often, just like we did at skill. But in this time, it's not just to build up a skill, but to actually build tolerance to the uncomfortable feelings that will inevitably arise when you attempt to make work that you care deeply about. So to practice, start with a more approachable version of your idea, and then make sure you give yourself enough time to really test it out through action. Lowering the concept bar and making the concept easier looks a little bit different than lowering the skill bar. So lower, lowering the skill bar was really tied to, you know, the kind of skill that you want to acquire. So if you really want to draw people, but you're stuck on this, you might try drawing animals or objects, something else that's in, you know, a similar vein. It's aiming at the at a similar target, but it's just an easier version of that target. But with lowering the concept bar, that can often just mean, you know, reducing the scale or scope of a project. So for example, let's say you want to make a giant painting of every person that you've ever known, which was something that I wanted to do at one point. How about is of that enormous kind of incomprehensible goal, how about you try with, you know, small studies of one person at a time? You're still painting people. They can still be people that you have met or known, but you're doing it in a way that makes the project easier to start on, easier to spend time in, and easier to complete. It can be really tempting to think that if only you could figure out what your style is first before you make the thing or, you know, how to make the best, truest, purest, most ideal form of that thing, then you'll be able to get past this roadblock. And I think that this fantasy is particularly intoxicating if you have spent a little time developing some skills because it makes the problem, it makes this stuck spot feel like a purely conceptual one. You know, I already know how to do this. I already have these skills. I just need to crack the code on the best way to go about it. I just need to stress test this idea, the authenticity, the creativity, whatever measure you're looking at. And then once I have the perfect concept, I can just deploy my hard-won skills and execute this perfect idea. It is such an appealing fantasy. But unfortunately, in my experience, you can't crack the code first or figure out if an idea is good or not before you make it because making the authentic work is about more more than just the idea or the project itself. You, the artist, the person actually making the work, have to learn to deal with feeling awkward and inauthentic in order to be able to carry a creative work to completion. Yes, if you want to draw a rose and you don't have the skills to draw that rose, that is uncomfortable and frustrating and even demotivating, as we just thoroughly talked about. But when you're not only struggling with skill, when you actually have the audacity to attempt to take your creative vision from the realm of the ethereal and the transcendent and pull it down into reality, 
you will encounter a whole new batch of uniquely uncomfortable feelings. The novelist Ann Patchett calls these feelings, this constellation of feelings, killing the butterfly. Taking this magical creative idea that's been flitting around in your consciousness with a seemingly endless array of possibility and potential and just plucking it out of the air, stopping the movement of its wings and pinning it inanimate to a board. It's inevitable that this process will at the very least change your creative vision and maybe even lessen it. And if you try to do this, if you try to grab the butterfly without desensitizing yourself to the awkward, uncomfortable feelings of self-consciousness that come from trying to make work that you care about, you may have a really tough time making it through the ugly valley of that work, through the uncertainty that lies between the idealization and the actualization of a creative vision. If you're not used to bearing those feelings, it's tough in the moment to evaluate if the work is actually any good or not, or to know whether it's the thing you want to say, whether it's your authentic style or not, or even to figure out whether you enjoy any of the process of making that kind of work. To be able to do any of those things, you need to stay engaged in the process of making the work for long enough to stop feeling self-conscious. So reiterating our creative detour around this roadblock, we're going to lower the concept bar and engage in the practice more often to build a tolerance to the discomfort of self-consciousness that goes along with trying to make work that matters to you. So some of my favorite examples for ways to do this are to try a new scary idea in an existing comfortable method or media. So if you're anything like me, uh, when you try something new, when you have an idea for a new creative project, it's kind of tempting to just you know burn the whole house down to completely start from scratch. You have your new idea. You also want to do it in this really new way, try a new media, a new method of execution, and you know, basically be just recreating the wheel every time you have a new idea. So something that has helped me again and again is rather than doing that, if I have a new idea, something that's kind of untested, a new concept, is to force myself, you know, with the first pass through it at least, to try it in an in a media and a method that I'm already comfortable in and well-versed in. Another approach you could try is to try a new idea um, at a really small scale. So, you know, that a good example of that would be basically kind of like what we were talking about with the painting, the the big painting of everybody that I ever knew. The the small scale version of that were, were the individual portraits rather than, you know, the enormous however many feet that painting would have needed to be, however many hours it would have taken to complete it. Just trying the new idea in a, a smaller, more constrained version. And then the third approach would be to try whatever your new idea is over and over again, like, you know, the exact same version of it over and over. And uh, a good example for this, I think, is like, you know, Van Gogh and his sunflowers. Obviously, he, he painted sunflowers in lots of different settings, lots of different versions of sunflowers. But there are also like multiple paintings where he painted like literally the exact same vase, the exact same arrangement. He just did it over again. It wasn't just, you know, that he really liked the topic of sunflowers. So he did the topic over and over, but he literally painted that exact same setting over and over. So you could just decide ahead of time, okay, I'm going to do, you know, three studies or three drafts or, you know, whatever, give yourself a specific number. Or you can even say, I'm going to do three finished paintings, whatever it is, just go into it knowing that you're going to do it over and over again to kind of take some of the pressure off the first time. Okay, so we are finally at the third roadblock, which I'm calling practicality. Now, if you've ever been stuck here, you are probably feeling like you don't have enough time to do the creative work you want to do. Maybe you have a day job or a family or other obligations. 
or you might have, you know, great idea after great idea, but you don't have the right setup or tools or space or equipment, or maybe you're stuck behind that most basic personal foundational roadblock of all physical limitations. You know, you're tired or you're sick, or you can only sit at a desk for so long. Since we did it on the other two roadblocks, I'm going to go ahead and connect this one to a developmental phase as well. So if skill was childhood and identity was adolescence, you can probably guess what practicality is. Practicality is adulthood. And for me, getting past this roadblock was actually key in getting past the others, especially in getting past my nemesis, my you know most sticky, stuck place identity. And the thing that ultimately got me unstuck wasn't realizing on my own that I needed to make it easier and do it more. That literally would never have occurred to pass Kendall. The thing that got me unstuck was having a practical roadblock dropped right on my path while I was already stuck at the identity one. And for me, that practical roadblock took the form of getting sick. Now, I've talked about this in some videos that I've made in the past, so I'm not going to do a super deep dive here, but the short version is that in my early 20s, I was suddenly faced with new, dramatic, unignorable physical limitations, and after years of trying to conquer any roadblocks that I encountered with you know, a direct, all-out frontal assault or running away from them when I realized that that approach wasn't working, I was penned in on either side by two huge roadblocks. There was no tricking myself into thinking, if only I had willpower and determination, I could get past these because it was just so painfully obvious to me that I couldn't. It would have been like saying that if only I had enough grit, I could breathe underwater. With the other two roadblocks with, with skill and identity, we can kind of try to fool ourselves into thinking that the problem is our own lack of grit or patience or perseverance or whatever. But practicality is much less subjective. And in some ways, that black and whiteness can make it feel a lot more bleak and final. I know that for me, once I was facing this roadblock, there was definitely a part of me that fully wanted to give up. But this roadblock, the immovableness of it, actually ended up being the foundation for me. Because for the first time, I had to become an expert at identifying and accepting limits. And this was something that I had never done before, at least not willingly or regularly. I had always either pushed hard on a limit or fled from it. Now I had no other choice but to acknowledge the boundaries that had sprung up all around me. There was nowhere to go. I was forced to either, you know, abandon all hope of making any creative work to just give up completely or accept those boundaries and try to live within them. Now, once I did this, once I accepted that I was stuck and that I couldn't do the things that I had been doing previously to get unstuck, I became really good at being able to look at something, whether it was a dinner invite, a recipe, a creative project, and to not immediately pine for the big picture, the epic, the ideal version of it, and then mourn the fact that I could never get there, but to just notice those limits and figure out the version of that thing, whatever it was, that worked for my setup, for where I actually was in that moment. And and in doing that, in tailoring the creative projects that I undertook to my actual real life circumstances, not to the circumstances I wished I had or to the circumstances that matched the ideals of my creative vision, but to where I actually was at that moment. And in doing that, I was forced to learn that first crucial lesson, make it easier. And while I initially had to make it so much easier, so simple, so approachable, so far from anything that former Kendall would ever have wanted, 
eventually doing those things, doing those easy things, those things that fit under the lower practicality bar, helped me learn to lower the bar on the concept too which is what finally let me get around the identity roadblock as well. Now, this process took years. I know I've just explained it pretty quickly and it probably sounds very straightforward, but it took years and it was messy. And at the beginning, I never would have imagined where those first steps on the detour would take me. It didn't feel like, aha, I've I've cracked the code and now I know how to do it. Now I know where I'm going. It felt like I was just completely letting go of the destination that I had been trying to get to and just kind of setting out on this unknown, mysterious path with with no sense of ultimately where it was going, but just a, a good idea of the next step that I could take. So it wasn't like I had this, you know, amazing clarity, you know, lightning bolt strike from the sky, whatever. I, I really didn't know where I was going. I didn't know where it would take me. But even so, you know, looking back now, I, I, I sometimes feel like I really owe this roadblock everything because if I hadn't faced it, it would have taken me even longer to have you know, the humility or the desperation, whatever it was to actually lower the bar and try a detour. So uh, the detour here is again, similar to the other two, except instead of lowering the skill bar or the concept bar, you're going to tailor your creative work to your actual setup and abilities right now. You're lowering the practical bar, the time required, the money needed, the space used, all of that. Key to this is the honest and clear understanding of what your setup and abilities entail right now. So think really honestly about the time that you have each day, the amount of space you have to work in, your energy level, your other obligations, and then look at the kind of work that you have been longing to make or trying to make and getting stuck on and notice the gap between those things. Try to set aside your idealism, that part of you that wants, you know, the pure form or nothing at all, and think about how you can start on these things within the practical constraints of your life as it is today. So I want to be clear about something before we finish our chat today. With any of these roadblocks, this is not advice to just rise and grind or just get it done. If I haven't made that perfectly clear already, while that advice may motivate some, it simply does not work for everyone. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It just means that that approach doesn't work for you and that you might need to experiment with some different ones. Okay, so at this point, you probably already have some sense of where your roadblocks are, but I want you to take a few minutes and think about how you would respond if you and I were sitting down having coffee and hopefully some kind of pie right now, and I asked you why you weren't making the work that you wanted to make right now. What would you say? Just list out every single reason you can think of. Just let yourself go wild. Dump all those thoughts and ideas onto a piece of paper or record them in a voice note, just like you would if you were telling me about them over coffee. Then if you can, make some attempt to consolidate. Figure out which category of roadblock you're stuck on, which are the ones that are actually stopping you from making work right now. And then once you have your answers and once you have some sense of why you're not making art, where you're stuck, ask yourself this, what could I make, however small or silly feeling that sneaks around those roadblocks? What bar could I lower? What could I make even if these roadblocks that I'm stuck at right now don't change? The aim here is to come up with a version of your creative practice that will get you moving and taking action as quickly as possible without having to figure out how to perfectly disassemble your roadblocks. Pick one or two of those ideas and make sure it's a specific action. Make sure the bar is low enough. If you feel a little silly setting it as a goal, that's probably a good sign that you're close to the mark. Decide when you're going to do this thing, write it all down and tackle it this week. And if you like to share your process on social media, tag me. I'm at Kendall Hilligus. Even if it's messy or incomplete, I love seeing what you're working on. Thank you for spending time with me on this first full episode of Art Lab. If you found it helpful, please share it with a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I will see you next week. Bye.